0: But between that and brewery guy my mentions talking about, oh, it's not a problem. Again, the NBA doesn't market to me. And yet I'm again, but I still do it. And just like, you, f- what voice is that? I-, I have no idea what it is. Is that your, that is my bro voice. That your is my Twitter a- bro voice. That is my Twitter bro the voice. The whiny bro voice. <laughs> that is actually, yeah, it is. It's the whiny bro voice. You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, we live. live. live.
1: Welcome to the Locked On Hornets podcast. I'm Walker Mail alongside Nada Edwards and Doug Branson. Check us out on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Nada the Scribe, and at Doug Branson, L-O-H. Find the show handle on most social media platforms at Locked On Hornets. Yeah, a lot of anger in the studio today because of what we had to witness last night. The Charlotte Hornets take on the Cleveland Cavaliers on the road to end this stint of a road trip, and they lose 113-89. to 89. Not only do they lose to the one-win Cleveland Cavaliers, but they get beat by over 20 points in this I don't game. like that. And unbelievable to see the Hornets put that kind of performance up there, and it was ugly all around. How are you guys feeling today?
0: I am irate, Walker. I'm I'm pretty irate right now. Not even angry. He is irate.
1: Irate. I'm I'm with you. I I don't know how if you're a Charlotte Hornet fan, you can't like what you saw. A lot of people putting this up as an example and comparing it to the Panthers' loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. Oh no! Like at least that was a good team. It was a it was a ass kicking, but at least it was against a good team. Like this is against the one win Cleveland Cavaliers that. Rick Benell and I just discussed, maybe, it at least sparked the conversation of a team that maybe could they flirt with the worst winning percentage of all time and try to take that record away from the Charlotte Bobcats, and they get beat by 20. A couple of different guys go off, more so, that I guess than usual for Cleveland, not that anybody goes off ever for Cleveland. It was a
0: grisly crew that went <laughs> off, too. <laughs> you, got,
1: you got Colin Sexton hitting a couple of threes, their rookie. He went for 16 points yesterday. You had Rodney Hood go 7 of 12. Jordan Clarkson went 9 of 15. J.R. Smith went 5 of 13, but hit three three-pointers. Larry Nance hit a three-pointer. How about David Nwaba going 7 of 9 with 18 points? Who? These guys yeah. hitting threes on them, awful defense, awful offense, just a bad performance all around from the Charlotte Hornets last night. To quote Juvenile,
0: you done got stunned. <laughs> yes. You, you don't got stunned by the Cavs, huh? You look bad, huh? It don't look so good for the playoffs now, huh? But again, you got your ass whipped and you've gotten embarrassed. And now at this point, like, I don't trust this team. There are people. There are serial killers. I trust with my life more than I trust with the Charlotte Hornets in the playoffs at this
1: point. No, the Charlotte Hornets. They they do this constantly. Well, they. <laughs> <laughs> they, I will, they, I will they, earn yeah, that one. Yeah, no, the, the Charlotte, they, 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 it's tough to trust them. It's tough to trust them in close games because they lose all of them. And then when they finally get some kind of a semblance of, of positive things going at seven and six, you know, they, 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 they lose the Chicago Bulls. But you know what? Maybe that's just an anomaly on the young start because they do get the two wins against Miami, two good wins against a team you're going to be competing with. Same thing with Detroit where they control that game for the most part all the way through. And then they lose games like they do against Chicago and Cleveland. And I think you'd be a little bit more accepting to these losses if they actually gave you a couple of wins against really good teams. And they aren't giving you that just like they have in the years past.
2: And I've had friends and fans ask me, ask me about the Hornets losing close games, man. They're losing close games again, second straight season, new coach, same results. And I say, well, yes, but they, they're, beating teams that they are supposed to beat in convincing fashion, and then they come out and put up this kind of performance. Guys, I thought this game was lost in the first quarter. They were giving up offensive rebounds. They were giving up drives to guys like Sexton and Nwaba later in the game, and and it just didn't feel like, after having a few days off, they didn't have the kind of fight that you have to have when you don't have a superstar. It's like these guys don't understand that they don't have a superstar on this team that can carry the entire load for a game while everyone else takes a nap
1: sometimes teams miss shots that's just how it works in the nba and the charlotte hornets definitely did that but you can't put that kind of defensive effort or lack thereof in a game where you're just not hitting anything how about kimba walker going two of 16 i think Mm -hmm. that's the worst field goal percentage he's put up in a game since 2015 and so Ooh. when Kimba Walker shoots that poorly and Jeremy Lamb actually kind of does provide you the secondary scoring, turns oh, that, out that, he's the primary scoring. No, last that's night typical Jeremy Lamb.
0: And <laughs> at the risk of getting blocked, I mean, there's nothing more emblematic of Jeremy Lamb than showing up and
1: scoring buckets in a blowout game either way. You look at Marvin Williams to me, One just one of the noticeable things last night, Marvin continues to really struggle shooting. It, it's bad at this point. You look at what he's done. He's actually, the last five games, shot 43%, and that's a significant increase from what he actually did even before this five-game streak that they've been on. So Marvin right now... There needs to be a conversation about how confident you are in his three-point shooting and just his overall field goal percentage actually going for an uptick here soon because he's missing a lot of wide-open three-pointers. You notice
0: something I noticed that
1: Cleveland did. Cleveland didn't even
0: bother going out there on half of those three attempts that he took. They were like, yo, go ahead, shoot it, old man. You ain't going to hit it. It's going to be easy rebound, and we're going to run the other way.
2: 27.9% from the three-point line this season. That would be the lowest sense... 2008, when he wasn't really shooting three-point shots.
1: Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad to see with Marvin. Here's the thing with Marvin, though. Like you see him actually. You talk about that first quarter in the first half, Doug. Marvin's actually. He had a couple of nice defensive plays where he's able to strip some guys. He was the only one. There's no doubt that defensively, Marvin matters a ton to this team. Organizationally, like Rick Benell said yesterday, you can tell. Watch the product on the on the floor on that end of the floor, and Marvin matters a lot, but. He just can't hit any three pointer right now. What I think you have to do is you don't sit Marvin. You're just going to have to live through some ugly, ugly performances here as he continues to go through this slump. And the percentage has to go up. The guy's not going to shoot d- thirty percent. Does it? Yes, it does. At twenty eight percent, I'd be willing to bet money that that goes up. It can't stay at twenty eight percent.
0: He's the second oldest player on the team. Yeah, it's that not going to have... stay
1: twenty eight. Twenty eight would be again the lowest since '08, and that would be a dramatic decrease from what he shot last season. It's not going to stay at twenty eight percent.
2: He's old. Okay, but what's the alternative? And I'll say that for the, the Cody Zeller situation, he's had a really bad road trip. He wasn't rebounding at all. Two rebounds, that's disgusting. Two rebounds. Yeah,
1: that's gross. And From, you could tell last night, getting bodied by Tristan Thompson and a lot of other people. Just now. not putting up a fight,
2: but what's but what's the alternative? No, that, that's you, That's the sort of team motto right now.
1: You can't put Billy in because his defense is like a statue. You can't put Biz in because the guy can't catch the basketball and he can't score if he somehow does catch it. So you have to go with Cody Zeller, who I don't think has been as atrocious as maybe some have believed he's been, but he certainly wasn't good against Cleveland.
0: The one thing I would say is when MKG gets healthy, you might have to consider starting him because at this point if Marvin's hitting th- not hitting threes, what's the difference between Marvin and MKG at this point?
1: Yeah, if if Marvin's not, and you know, the one thing about the potential it was, to hit a three. Yeah, the potential to hit a three is there, and I know Cleveland did not it looked like, it looked like they didn't respect his jump shot, but at some point, Marvin is going to get above 28, percent and it's going to get ugly. And we're going to have to get through this together. It's going to be one of those things. But the alternative is to have MKG getting a lot more minutes than Marvin. Like, that, I'm fine if MKG gets an uptick, but the other guy is Miles. And if you want to talk defensively, no, no, no. yeah, you can't put Miles. Miles is there. an option. At this My, look, this this is what we're just going to have to do. Like, you're just going to have to kind of live through this right now and hoping uh, and hope that Marvin Williams gets out of the slump sooner rather than later. We're giving away two tickets. To Saturday's game on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, so watch out for that. It's a 30th anniversary celebration. Free 30th anniversary T-shirt to the first 7,500 fans. I got mine from a media drop-off a couple of days ago. They're, Lucky duck. They're awesome, man. And you know what? The best. They're really good. The, the one. The best part about it is seeing the pinstripe Bobcat jersey in the top left corner with good old Gerald Wallace smiling face, uh, making, of course, that Holding 30th down. anniversary team. We got a Bobcat representative in there, so this that was is beautiful. Pretty, yeah, absolutely. So. So. Jimmy Butler Sixers, they're in town. So it's a team they've actually played a couple of times, but now they're going to have a new look. No Robert Covington, no Dario Saric, but instead now they have Jimmy Butler, and I would imagine he plays with enough time elapsed since the trade.
2: I'll say this really quickly. We talked about ceiling during the last show. I said possibly number one seed. I'm ready to back that down a little bit after the Cleveland loss. I'm going to say probably ninth seed. I think so. But But if they try. But if they beat... The Philadelphia on Saturday... I'm willing to take it back up to a number one seat. Sure. That's where I
1: am. I think that's an absolute You're not waiting until Boston Doug? I think that's sane. I think that is a logical, level headed take from our very own Mike Branson. You. We're gonna take a quick break. We're gonna come back with more on the loss to Cleveland and just take a look at the home stretch that they have here. Three games in a row, but really against some tough teams. So we'll see what we want them to do as far as a goal in this three-game homestand and hoping for the best with the Charlotte Hornets team after a bad loss to Cleveland last night. Stick around with us here on the Lockdown Hornets podcast on the Lockdown on podcast network
2: this is locked on hornets nature's first green is gold her hardest hue to hold her early leaves a flower but only so an hour hmm. then leaf subsides to leaf so eden sank to grief so dawn goes down today nothing gold can stay
0: we need the boys to mend with that
1: now It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. If you want to support the show and the amazing people that put it together, consider joining our Patreon community for as little as $1 a month. You can continue to... I don't have the read in front of me. I was trying to go off the top of the dome.
2: Oh, and yeah, I, don't I took have it, it. Out. I took it out I was
1: about to say I was just gonna have to go straight from the top of the dome and I was gonna try to do that's it right. I did it with a getamer.com studio awesome. read and then I was gonna try to do it and then I realized I got to the second paragraph and I couldn't do it anymore. That's all right. so we're just, just gonna move on we're just gonna you still get you guys still should join the patreon community if you guys <laughs> want to just again just as little as one dollar <laughs> a month you can support our show and the amazing people that put it together I know that part live so, podcasting like, people yeah live podcasting that's how we're gonna roll with this so they do have again the the Hornets do have a three-game homestand. They have Philadelphia on Saturday. That is going to be um, the game that they bring in eight of the 10 members of the 30th anniversary team. No LJ and no Al Jefferson. So unfortunate, Al Jefferson's playing in China, so we're not going to get to see him. And LJ, we have no clue, but he's not going it's to be Knicks here related, well. probably, probably. Yeah, Once probably. again,
2: the trade deficit
1: Yeah. Killing us. Right. So we do have eight, though. (laughs) We do have eight guys coming. We send them Al Jefferson.
2: What do they send us?
1: Nothing. Do you want, uh, want Jimmer Fredette? Because, I mean, he could help. Yeah, Jimmer Fredette going for 75 the other night. I'd, I'd take Jimmer Fredette right now. He'd probably provide the secondary scoring for Kimball Walker. But they, again, <laughs> they do get Philadelphia on November 17th, Boston November 19th, and Indiana on November 21st. So three teams that are expected to finish within the top five of the Eastern Conference. After a loss against Cleveland, you can consider the loss to Chicago earlier in the year as well. With this three-game homestand, what do you want to see the Charlotte Hornets do against that competition, but yet it will be in the Spectrum Center.
0: Not, be, not get embarrassed at home. That's that's it. You can lose. In fact, all I expect them? you to lose all three of those. Just don't get embarrassed. Don't waste my time. If I have to leave like in the third quarter because it's that bad, I'm going to be upset because I've wasted my time. Just don't get embarrassed. I don't think that's asking too too much.
1: I want a, I want a damn victory from them. Like it, the Charlotte Hornets. It. it if you, if you were going with the balance, right, if you're going with the balance theory of, well, you lose against one bad team, if you can get one against a good team, one that you weren't expected to, then everything is going to even out. Like, we need to see the Charlotte Hornets actually beat a good team in the NBA, and if it's a close game, who cares? Win that game. I know they are awful against them, but we need to see the Charlotte Hornets actually win one of these games against a good basketball team. You have them at home. I don't think Philadelphia is so invincible. Boston, they're bleeding right now, and Indiana they're a team that's also certainly beatable. And when you get all of these teams at home, we need to see the Charlotte Hornets win one of these because, again, we've talked about it, Nada. This is the stretch of the schedule, the first half, where you need to capitalize on these victories. And if you're going to drop games to Cleveland and Chicago, they're inexcusable, but they'd probably be a little bit easier to swallow if you had maybe one or two victories against teams that are expected to finish above you. And you don't have those. Give me give me a victory in the Spectrum Center in this three-game homestand, because if you don't, then it's going to look pretty bleak from my point of view, especially because they have to go to Oklahoma City in their next road game on November 23rd third and then you have a west coast trip coming up like it's win a game like they're going to have to win a game against a good team here at home
2: and we'll talk about this uh, later next week but the pacers are a a very beatable team right now i mean they're they're not rebounding the basketball very well so that's what i want to see i want to see the hornets rebound the basketball get physical again we're in the second straight season of a hornets team they cannot afford to not be physical to not be flying around the basketball court on defense and and on the boards so that, that Pacers game, to me, is is very winnable. They're not shooting the basketball all that well either.
1: Maybe some chemistry issues with Philadelphia and Boston. They don't have their identity yet on offense, it seems like. Oh, Jimmy
2: Hale, Butler's going to take a thousand shots in Charlotte.
1: Well, if it's off shooting night, then maybe the Hornets can steal a victory there and get one at home. And just when we talk about the close, and you brought it up in the first segment, Doug. The last three seasons, and I guess including this one, so really the last two full seasons, and then you include this one on it. It seems like analytics wise, I mean, at least in, in the point differential, right, which a lot of people look at, there are some stats to suggest that the Charlotte Hornets should not be where they are the last three seasons. And mm-hmm. yet somehow they continue to end there because, again, the lack of ability that they're able to pull off close games. And so when you look at that, it's just always been so weird, no matter what. If it's Steve Clifford coaching, now it's James Borrego. Oh, they're just unable to win those close games. And you have some stats that suggest this team should be better. So then we go to the next season and think, well, next season, that stat's just going to work itself out. They're due. They're just going to have a better season. Now we're here again and it seems like they're pl- it's playing off once again. Yeah, Bomani okay. Jones mentioned the point differential on high noon yesterday for the Charlotte Hornets. And he was saying, you know, this the East is actually good when he referenced the Jimmy Butler trade. Yeah. And he referenced in Charlotte's point differential. Like if you don't watch the Charlotte Hornets or know the particular stat about them losing in close games, you look at some things and you're thinking, oh hell, Charlotte might be on the come up, but nah, I mean, we've been doing this here for three straight years. Well,
2: th- what are the psychological effects of having the same core group of players all play together, but not have a superstar with them, not have someone uh, that was just that next level of talent to play with? Like what, I just, I just wonder what that does to a team when they, you know, they've had to spend three, four, five seasons now playing at, as a team playing at such a level of intensity night in, night out to win a basketball game because they don't have that superstar to lean on. Like, what does that do to a, do to the the mentality of a team?
1: I mean, it wears them out. Yeah. Enter Tony Parker trying to fix that problem. And, and it helps. And, the the, the, right. the
2: situations that they've been able to to close the team out when they've had a lead in the fourth quarter and maintained it, it's because a, a player like Tony Parker steps up and helps Kimba out.
1: I, I think what you were hoping for is Tony to have this kind of effect, and, and you certainly can't be mad at anything Tony's given you, but also you've needed probably a little bit more consistent Malik Monk to develop.
2: You needed Tony Parker 10 years ago.
1: Yeah, well, certainly. <laughs> you need <laughs> an all-star. You need a Hall of Fame basketball player right. to come help That's you out. It. Hey, Carmelo. Maybe he's a. Wouldn't whole thing he have basketball. helped a little bit? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you for bringing this up, Walker. I appreciate it because I, don't I had forgotten get into this again.
2: Like Carmelo would have helped out a little bit last night.
1: I right? think you would have helped out a little bit last night. It's the Cleveland Cavaliers. You could have gone in there and shot and made one shot for fifty, which is not out of the realm of possibility I dream about it all the time of Carmelo playing against the Cleveland Cavaliers, hitting that one shot against the Cavaliers. that's man, a coach. dream. Uh, we're gonna take another quick break now. Do you got something else you wanted to mention? Something about Melo?
0: All I'm going to say is all my expectations for this team are dead, and my feelings are dead inside right now
1: because they lost to Cleveland. It's been a tough day for you.
2: They needed a bucket. They needed something to turn around that momentum in the second quarter, and I just feel like Carmelo Anthony could have provided.
1: All right, that. all right. Let, let's get away from it. You know what happens after a bad loss like this? <laughs> you get away from basketball. You start to go talk about other things. And we won't get away from the sport, but we're going to get away from the Charlotte Hornets. Let's talk about other things going on in the NBA. Let's talk drama with some other teams so we can feel better. Yes, we got some drama going on in Golden State. We can laugh at other teams. Is it going to be real? Yeah, let's laugh at them. We're going to laugh at other teams on the other side of the break. Walker Mail, Nada Edwards, Doug Branson, you're listening to the Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. Golden State spent almost a minuscule amount of time with zero of their starters out on the floor they had at least one out there the entire they time four hall of famers yeah, they do. <laughs> Jeez, so just put just them have, anywhere Just have one out stack there. them up it's time for more of the locked on hornets podcast only three hall of famers last night though is that good enough to get you a victory only by seven points against, against the Atlanta Hawks. Yeah, back to back. So they were only with three Hall of Famers because Draymond Green was suspended for an incident that happened in their game against the Los Angeles Clippers. So at the end of regulation, Draymond Green gets a rebound with like four five seconds left to go. Kevin Durant, by the way, looked like he was going to grab the rebound. Draymond comes in, Lance Stevenson-esque, and steals the rebound. No, you mean Carlton Banks-esque. You mean DeAndre (laughs) Jordan-esque. Yes, there's a lot of rebound stealers out there. Add Draymond Green to the list. He goes down, dribbles the length of the court. Instantly visible, Kevin Durant's frustration is. So he kind of claps his hands frustratingly and watches Draymond Green dribble the length of the court and proceed to turn it over.
2: How does one clap their hands frustratingly? Uh, What is the the difference between that and applause?
0: Have you not seen James Borrego coach before? Yeah, I feel like. Oh, he does the
2: frustrating hand clap.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I agree. I don't know. Just watch James Borrego, and you can figure it out. So Kevin Durant claps his hands frustratingly, and then you see Draymond Green dribble the length of the court, turn it over, they head to the bench, Draymond and KD are John at each other, and then Draymond needs to be taken away from Kevin Durant, it continues mm-hmm. after the game. Apparently, it got so heated, and Draymond Green exchanged some words that were so bad, apparently, Whoa. that he got suspended for the next game.
2: By the team, not by the, by team. By the league. Right, right. The team. By the
1: team. For conduct detrimental to the team. By Golden State. Something or nothing, both of you. Oh, no, it's absolutely something.
0: Marcus Thompson has a really good piece in The Athletic, if you haven't read it. This is something. There's a mul- There's a multitude of layers here. The first being, if you're Draymond and you got suspended for basically get going at KD, but yet you were trying to fight Steve Kerr a couple of years ago and it wasn't <laughs> no suspension. How do you feel right now? How important do you feel knowing that your free agency walk year is coming up? The other thing is, like if you're Steph, you got to always like put out these fires.
1: At what point does that get tiring? And Dan Levitar talked about this earlier today with Ethan Strauss that Draymond Green never comes at Steph Curry like that. And we've already seen some exchanges between Kevin Durant and Draymond Mm -hmm. Green. And Draymond Green ain't doing that to Steph Curry. And then so... The thought process of, well, Steph's been here day one. He is the first of all of these guys to arrive to the Golden State Warriors. Does that have something to do with it? And you have no clue, but Draymond certainly doesn't do that to Steph Curry. And you've seen Draymond and KD have these instances before. And remember David West after the championship last season? Yep. Said, you guys have no clue what went on behind closed doors and the kind of heat that we had to get through in order to win this championship. So, Interesting stuff going on in the locker room with the Golden State Warriors.
2: I just love the idea that Draymond Green gets suspended from his job for being an asshole. Like yeah. I, I yeah. wish that would happen in real life. Like don't we all wish that there's that one guy in our office. Like man, I just one day. Just give me one day where right. I don't have to deal <laughs> With
1: this yeah. bleep hole. No, he got w- suspended. What are you trying to say, Doug? Yeah, he got suspended. What are you trying to say? No. Yeah. This He is was awkward. looking right at you. He was looking yes. right at what you. What are when you trying to say? It. I felt uncomfortable. I don't think I don't know if Pod Dad has the authority to suspend anybody over this podcast, but uh, did you see message the re- loud and clear
2: <laughs> Did you see the report that Kevin Durant said? They, they, you know, everyone's like studying the video, like it's a Zapruder film, like <laughs> right. trying to read lips uh, and get signs of what people said. And, and there's a report out that Kevin Durant said, this is why right. I'm out.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. right. D- this Dan, is why, this li- is
2: exactly why
1: I'm <laughs> out of here. Listening to Lebedard, ask Ethan Strauss about that. Ethan said, look, I, I'm no lip reader. I'm not going to pretend to be, but he did deny it. It's all, it's good enough for me. <laughs> It's good enough for me. I think KD certainly Mal did. And but that is the interesting case in all of this. It's it's not going to affect their encore product because Golden State's still going to be better than everybody else. But that's the question that that's the question you brought up, Nada. It's the Draymond free agency and it's the Kevin Durant free agency. And Clay. And then Clay's interesting. Clay's, Clay's just the Clay's other guy play, in all yeah. of this, right? But like with these two guys, you can ask, you know, which pieces can they afford to lose and still be a dominant team? Does it take two absences from these guys to still be a dominant team? How important is KD? Because you've seen when he's been gone and then Steph's been still on the team, they've still been the Golden State that we know. It seems like KD now, when, when he's on the court, it, it's gotten better. But in the past... They feel they feel like when Steph's been on the court, everything's been fine.
2: I think you have two guys on this team, and Kevin Durant and uh, and Draymond, who both have big egos, but I think they're different types of egos.
1: I think Draymond the ones that don't mesh necessarily well sometimes.
2: Exactly. Well, yes, because I think Draymond's is a very uh, defensive and like alpha ego. And and then you have uh, Kevin Durant is a very fragile ego. It can be mm-hmm. he's confident in himself, but it can also be broken very easily. And it just doesn't feel
0: like these two two guys can coexist. Speaking of broken, has anyone checked Katie's Twitter or the burners
1: yet? <laughs> yeah, There's all probably the, something saying uh, something about a the dream going right now. around where this, the the neck brace that has sixteen pods on it. You can put each phone there, and he's got all the burner accounts working. And real quickly with Draymond, like wasn't Draymond one of the biggest advocators of trying to? Go Go recruit Kevin Durant. He was like the OG of the Hampton Five. He brought it all together to try to go get Kevin Durant.
0: That's what makes this all hilarious. He's like, I brought you in, bro. I can say whatever I
1: want. And and one other thing really quickly. just (laughs) I made you and I (laughs) can take you out of this world. And what's also interesting always to me, like off the court, it always seems like LeBron and Draymond are really good boys, Mm -hmm. right? Like those guys are constantly hanging out. We've seen Draymond Green on the shop. I mean, yeah. we, we've we've seen those guys hang out a lot. I I I'm fascinated by the relationship with a lot. I'm just the relationship aspect in all of sports. Like I was so into the New England Patriots story when there was some beef going on between mm-hmm. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. Like I'm interested in dynasties breaking up, the Kawhi Leonard thing last season. I think we all are as sports consumers. Yeah. When you see these mountains, when you see these pillars start to crack a little bit, and then we make this such a huge deal. Like how hilarious is it that a top headline on ESPN is that LeBron said i almost cracked this year oh lebron almost cracked let's all go crazy it's a top headline on espn like we love to see this from the kings from from the angelic like creatures playing these sports and i'm one of them man i'm exactly freak about it too
0: because we're at the end of the day we are all very small people with very (laughs) petty egos I, again, I am one of those people. There's too. the
1: there's the wise, not not a talking.
0: Yes, this is this is calm. After I've laughed at the Warriors for about five minutes now, I'm calm. I'm no longer. I, I'm glad
1: we could serve some therapy for you. There, I Nada. appreciate. Thanks that. for listening to Locked On Hornets here on the Locked On Podcast Network. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Hornets. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, Overcast, wherever you get your podcast. Just search Locked On Hornets. We'll be back with you tomorrow.